This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. Let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, believe it or not, we only got two things to talk about, but it's a loaded show nonetheless, because we're going to be reviewing both the series finale of WandaVision, and I'm going to give my thoughts to that. But in our talk topic, we got to give respect and praise to the sequel, 30 Years in the Making, of one of the most beloved classic and legendary comedies of all time, and that is coming to America. Uh, I'm going to give my thoughts to that and much more. But before we do all that, I want to give my thanks to our previous guest, Mike Herman of RetroSoft Studios, who stopped by to talk about his experience with creating a game that he has been dreaming of making, him being the wrestling fan and such, um, created Retro Mania Wrestling which is out now on Steam, and hopefully we'll get some news as to when it's coming out on the consoles. And for those who wanted to always make their own game, and, like, you gotta understand, and, and, and this is gonna segue right into something else, and possibly the reason why, and it's not even possibly, it is the reason why that I am doing a show today as opposed to yesterday. And I'll explain that, definitely. But you have a guy who you know had a dream of recreating the magic that he had over like decades ago from an arcade game he was not only able to bring that back but he was also able to invite other great talented wrestlers from that we all know and love legendary wrestlers that we all know and love to be a part of this and he did it and he succeeded and this is a guy who's never done a video game before this is his very first video game ever and it just happens to be based on one of the most legendary arcade classic wrestling games of all time so 
the reason why I bring that up, and I thank Mike Herman once again for being a part of this and and bringing me into this world of his and to come on the show and talk about it because people need to hear this. People need to hear these stories of the guests that I have in here. If you haven't checked out the interview that I had with Mike Herman just recently, the last episode that I put in, um, it's entitled Bonus Episode TTL, which is Talk Time Live exclusive. Definitely go out of your way to check it out. In fact, any of my interviews that are out there that says TTL, which is Talk Time Live exclusive, go out of your way to check it out. If you're an aspiring artist, actor, game developer, whatever, you definitely want to go out of your way to listen to all of those interviews that I have with some great guests, some of which you know that are in the industry, some of which you are fans of. Go out of your way to check it out because not only will you enjoy it and be entertained by it, but you'll also learn from it. And the reason why I even bring this up and the reason why I am doing this episode today, because I took time, I took some uh, time yesterday to talk to the ACMG Facebook group. And the reason being is because, you know, let's, let's be real. We live in some really dark times and there are changes coming. You there, there's a there's a feeling in the air that change is coming. But 2020 did a number on all of us in so many ways. Mentally, health like ment- like mentally and physically health-wise took a toll on us. And I wanted to reach out to the, uh, my ACMG uh, members. See how they're doing. See what's going on in their world. And, and especially in reference to, because we have a lot of people who are fans of all things anime, comics, movies, and games. And basically, we also have people who are not only fans, but also wanted to aspire to be in the industry that is. So I want to ask a question, two questions, to be honest. One of which asked the following. Have you ever wanted to pursue a career as an animator, comic book artist, writer, or even director? Esport athlete, actor, director, producer, but didn't. If so, what stopped you aside from kids? And the reason why I said aside from kids, because I know for a fact that whenever we have these conversations, a lot of people like to use, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who like to use their kids as a crutch as the reason why they're not pursuing anything or their families. The bad part is I would probably run with that if had I not known people who has worked in these industries that they claim that they want to do, but also has kids and some of them are single parents. I know one in particular is not only a single parent of, I believe three kids, but he's also a Grammy award winning artist. So, you know, I, it's hard for me to see that as an excuse. It's just when it comes down to it, it's all about the, 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 how much, positive support and how much of a positive support group you have um again mike herman that just had on the show he wanted to create a video game this was his first video game he's ever done he has i think also like three kids and a wife he is also an accountant he works with accountant software accounting software i mean we talk about all of this in the interview and he still found time to want to do this as a passion project and make this happen and now he's receiving the rewards now granted all of the he's still on the learning curve with it because it's his first game but he he was able to do a lot and he got it out it's out on steam and let me tell you if you see if you heard my review 
of it last week on Select Start on the Select Start podcast, you know that I am very happy as a wrestling fan and a gamer that of how well that game is and how much effort was put and love was put into this game. Um, and this was his first game ever. He, like I said, and, and like I said, he like he doesn't work for EA. He was never like a in a former employee of a major game developing company like my previous guests i've had previous uh, game developer guests in here who were indie developers who once worked for major you know uh companies and decided to want to do their own thing because of creative you know reasons or creative freedom i should say so it's it's very possible no matter what age you do and, and mike mike forgive me is possibly in his mid to upper or late 40s if you've seen him on the video that I, the video interview that I have, he's not a young chicken. <laughs> he is, he's, he's probably in my age bracket or something like that. The dude wanted to, he's been working on this for like maybe what, two, three years, you know, just processing it and then probably just brainstorming it for like another year or so. So he put a lot of years into it and it was well worth it because it, it worked. So I also put another question up too, and it, it said, if someone offered you the opportunity to pursue a career in those fields, would you take it? You know, so I I want to, first of all, thank all of the members who chimed in and actually, you know, said their piece and talked about what they could do. And I, I you know, I coached them along with it and, you know, had to tell them because I'm a person who used to work for a corporate environment for 10 years wait actually over 10 years um i worked for a corporate environment i worked for retail before that i worked in retail for seven years being a cashier and then uh working in customer service and then becoming a supervisor and a manager slightly after that um i then you know moved on to corporate worked there for a few um more than a decade and just realized that they're not valuing me and they're not benefiting me and there's so much i want to do with my life and i've spent all this time in college and studying and everything and not to see my degree being utilized the way that it should burned me because i'm spending sixty thousand dollars in, in tuition <laughs> for for a degree that, I, that i'm not utilizing then even worse the economy was is bad and you know there may be systemic issues with that as well that didn't afford me any opportunities to do so so i had to find my own opportunities i had to i created viewfinders identity search and design yes i am the owner of that which you hear every single time that's what creates this environment that you're listening to right now and i just had to go for it and i am i am very 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 happy that i did because despite the hard you know times and trials and tribulations but in in the journey it was all worth it because i got to meet some really incredible people some good some bad i got to uh you know work with people i never thought i'd be able to work with ever because i pushed and not only just pushed it not only just pushed but also i can't leave i can't leave this out i enjoyed every minute of it i you have to have an enjoyment if um i remember having dj Cutman, whose music you're listening to right now on the show and every show that we do and when i had him on the show he was one of the first guys that you know to say you gotta do you gotta have the love for this and i took that when it, not this not just that interview but our very first interview i've ever done with him you gotta you gotta love every bit of what you're doing so i ran with it and i still i look you're you're hearing you're 
talking to me today. I'm still acquainted with other people. I'm still getting other people who are fulfilling their dreams on this show. It's a really great thing to hear. And it's very inspirational. So, but we live in a world that has been very, very, has become very bitter, very cynical, and their hopes are being, you know, withered away because they think that they can't achieve or they can't achieve or they don't have the means. A lot of it can be systemic. A lot of it can be possibly um, that they are they don't have the right planning. They didn't plan hard. They didn't put in the time to plan it properly. They don't know where to start. They don't have the assertiveness to pursue the people who do. A lot of it can come in. And then you also got people who, you know, I, realistically, they're just lazy. You know, some people are claim that they want to do it, but they don't want to put any effort to make it happen. So, I, you know, it, it, it is what it is in that case. But we uh, we talk to people. I won't name names because it's our group, it's our private group. But um, some people wanted to be uh, uh, came on and you know said that they wanted to pursue comic book writing and but they didn't have the um, they didn't know how to put together the dialogue and their dialogue felt forced and they didn't really know how to put things together properly and, and think that their creative creativity was being stretched out and stuff, which sounded like he was going through a little bit of a writer's block in this case so i mean it's always a little bit of something but sometimes you just need to dig deep into why these things are happening and sometimes if you dig deep enough you will find the solution and answer and then you need to pursue that situation so i mean people were coming along when saying uh, and shout out you know i gotta give shout out to one of my other people one of them came on the, another member came on and said he stopped himself he was the reason why he's not pursuing anything that he's doing. Um, he said that he always wanted to be a comic book artist, but uh, he's still unpacking a lot of stuff um, that he had to deal with in life. He And I know this guy very closely. He's been through a lot of trial and tribulation. And sometimes not everybody can get through it mentally and be in a certain place. Like I've went through it. I've been through a lot of you know, fair share of trial and tribulation. I've been in situations that involve me being arrested at times, uh, wrongfully for the most part, sometime. Um, I've been in fights in school and stuff like that. And, you know, I was, I was a troubled kid back then, but I managed to finally get myself together. I had to really think because I've come to terms and realized that I have a talent, that I have value. I cannot waste it being, in the bad place and with the wrong people. So I decided to move on and get out of that situation. And yet I still get wrongfully arrested and accused and racially profiled regardless. So it doesn't matter at the end of the day, I guess. But it no, trust me, it matters. It always matters. Just joking. I just want to point that out. It always matters. But I digress. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard. Not everybody can get through the hurdles of their of their situations in life um you know sometimes people can bully you so bad that you stunt yourself in a certain situation but it's not now i i say this it's challenging but it's not impossible and if you're willing to actually face the fears that you have or face the situations in some form or fashion and maybe you know try to find ways to talk it out and which normally is called self-efficacy which is the ability to solve your own problems, basically. Um, if you can learn how to master that, you can also learn how to be truthful with yourself and learn how to, you know, 
come to terms with it in order to better yourself and to you know and that's i had to do that i had to re be really because trust me when i was a kid i was like 11 to 16 i was a spoiled brat i think it was 16 when i realized like i need to stop acting like a spoiled brat and get myself together because my single mother has gone through enough at the time so i had to I had to chill with that but not everybody goes through that and you know there's always still time uh regardless he could be a bit cynical at times but he's always real and that's what i always appreciate about him regardless i just hope that he someday can see that there's more to life than what he's been going through than the than the injuries that he's suffered in his case both mentally and he's had a lot of loss as well so you know i hope for that um you know another one basically you know said that he also wanted to write books he's wrote dozens of notebooks with 10 to 50 pages worth of uh content written down but he's never able he's never been able to maintain uh, uh the motivation to complete the stories and you know i know this guy again he's a really accomplished chef he has a, he has a lot, uh, some kids with him as well and you know basically i told him like maybe just start doing shorter stories and you know try to you know just try to complete short stories even if it's five page stories that just uh, and just work your way into that don't do super sets of weights you know if, if you guys if there's any gym rats listening right now this is the equivalent of somebody coming in who's never been at the gym before and just starting and they have this misconception of they of thinking that they have to lift up to you know or bench press like 90 pounds to like have two 45 pound weights on, on each side even though they've never lifted a damn weight uh, 10 pound or 20 pounds so you know when you go into a gym you've never been to a gym before and you're like linky or, or out of shape you don't start at the top you start you work your way from the bottom to the top and short steps gradually grow to that so you got to keep doing it i mean but you know he and he he thought about it too and he he really you know he really appreciated but also said like you know he maybe have been biting off more than he could chew and maybe that he needs to you know start doing little shorter stories and i hope he does because the dude has a great mind in him he has a great mind on him i love his uh wittiness i love the way he thinks he has something to offer in that factor and again he's a culinary chef and i wouldn't mind seeing a cookbook or two of his because i've seen his food before so he's awesome um another one this was probably one of the more positive ones in here um funds have been slowed down uh she explained but not it, it has not stopped her uh this is one of my strong-minded uh members of the group as well and i you know she's she comes in every once in a while to you know talk about things but I think it's just awesome. She also she she writes music, she does books, she reads comic pages, and she does a lot. She's also an actress and a model, and she has a stay-at-home dad. Uh, she has a stay-at-home husband, who she said in a few months will be a stay-at-home dad. And first of all, congratulations to her as well on that. And uh, it's awesome to hear not only just how strong-minded she is, but also the fact that she's gonna have a family soon. So. Um, she's more of an inspiration to me i mean it's probably the best news i heard yesterday um but we you know we had a bunch of different people chime in and it was awesome you know people who wanted to be voice actors and um people who just wanted to be actors um in general and, and just all types of things shout out to i will i will mention this guy shout out to my man jay dixon because you know he works for c he works for cnn 
you know, he works behind the scenes of CNN doing a lot of camera work and all the stuff. And I will repeat this. He said, I'm just here to tell y'all, uh, keep going. And I, I am a living testament of someone who keeps, who kept going despite the odds. If you have a passion for its doors will open to, uh, it will start to open when you least expect it. And that is absolutely true. Um, I always say, and I learned this from an old friend of mine who would say, it doesn't happen when you want it. It happened when it needs to be. And that was in reference to when I used to try to, you know, find the right, you know, love life <laughs> in my life. And this is like way back. Like I wanted to be monogamous way back in like high school and stuff like that. So like I, <laughs> I, 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 I was a weird kid. I, I used to listen to Babyface all the time, you know, as my choice of uh, <laughs> music. Hey, put Babyface in a mix, uh, you know, on a playlist. Dude, seriously, you will succeed. <laughs> you will succeed. But again, and if y'all, if, if I'm saying but a lot, please use it as a drinking game. I, I, I highly recommend that. However, I will definitely say this. Um, and in essence of this, people, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And I believe, like I said, Mike Herman, owner founder of retro stuffs of retro soft studios is a is living proof of this this man started creating a video game in in his 40s succeeded still has kids and by the way he did not have a big budget to do this and he explains all of this and this is why i say go check out that interview he explains all of this on air he didn't have a big budget he worked with what he could. He was able to make it happen. He able to, he was able to acquire a lot of really great, talented people. And they made, in my opinion, they made history. They made, they, they revitalized a, they're, they're one of the first companies to revitalize a genre that we have been deprived of for quite some time. And that is the wrestling game industry, because it's not easy to create a wrestling game. It is just not. And the fact that they were able to do so using the engine that was that was Techno Japan, that speaks volumes. So kudos to them and, and kudos to all of you guys who are doing who are really working hard to do it out there. And especially during this COVID pandemic era and everything, because it's not easy. It's even it's even more challenging than it ever was because things are going on. The economy is down and everything. It, it, it just it just is, man. And uh, I just say, don't give up. Uh, you can definitely make it happen. You can evolve. You can adapt. There's always another way. Even if something doesn't work the way that you want it, there's always another way. And I've that's, that is something that has always been proven through and through. Every single time I actually, um, you know, was working my way to achieving something. So don't give up. Do not ever give up. And no matter how what your age is if you have a plan there's a possibility so all right let's have some fun let's have some real fun let's talk about the season or series finale i keep saying season it's hard because you hear that a lot let's talk about the series finale of wandavision i'm just gonna say this officially 2021 in terms of comic book uh, television series or, or series WandaVision is the show to beat 
that see that series finale that final episode was its own movie it was so awesome i mean it it just starts off with agatha facing wanda and the kids are out there she's you know holding the kids and they're 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 getting into this huge battle of witches and everything right now it's like they're just killing all of westview and destroying all of westview doing so wanda is elizabeth olsen i should say is really proving her case here she's she is a a huge asset to the marvel cinematic universe now and i thought it was awesome i really enjoyed this um you also had vision face vision and for comic book fans of the 80s and the 90s you couldn't have gotten a better reward you got to i mean normally you've never seen oh you know um og vision face off against white vision in the comics they gave us a treat to having those two battle because wanda created her version of vision in in a west in her westview world and then you got swords version which is the white vision coming in and he's he comes in and she doesn't understand but she's easily you know thinking that that's regular vision and he tries to crush her skull <laughs> in here which didn't thank goodness vision came in to you know try to stop him and they, these two are going at it while agatha is going at it it's just awesome we also got monica with fake P- uh, pietro who we found out is a guy whose last name is boner which i guarantee you for those who used to watch growing pains know that mike siever had a best friend named boner so that was a little play on that but yeah unfortunately again he's not pietro or anybody he's just normal dude that just happens to look like quicksilver from the uh marvel from the fox universe so but you know they managed to ease that way out you know what's funny about that situation they did they virtually just they basically just did the same thing they literally just made this did the same thing that um iron man 3 did but they were able to get away with it they were able to like get away with it in a sense that like nobody complained that this guy was not the real dude <laughs> whereas like back when i like when iron man 3 came out we had basically ben kingsley playing uh playing uh what is his what was he playing what was he playing what was he playing uh mandarin and when people found when they discovered that he was the real mandarin people were pissed but here we have uh the guy the the actor who played on the original x-men or the or the other x-men kind of reprise his role as quicksilver but it's not really him so i it's it's amazing that people seldomly forget that situation but we're we're more forgiving of this but we're not forgiving of iron man 3 but i will say they're going to make up for iron man 3 and they already have with the marvel one shot uh you know it's just crazy but we're seeing this huge battle uh with vision and versus vision and then you know uh scarlet witch versus agatha and monica's stuck in this house that she can't get out of and she's with him and she's her powers are really starting to manifest here and this is going to be an interesting thing because the powers are still questionable especially after the events of what happened in this episode we also see jimmy woo which man randall park is so excellent in this he i, I loved him on, like i said i loved him on fresh uh, fresh off the boat 
I loved him even more now. And I thought he did a great job here. He made he established the Jimmy Woo character very well in here. And he made Hayward look like a fool. He looked like a badass in between all of this. And I thought he I, I thought he did great. So and it looks like they're gonna do more with him down the line here. So I like I, I feel like Jimmy Woo's gonna be the new um, Phil Coulson of the of, of phase four here. Uh, it just comes off that way. I don't know if he's going to still be with the FBI or is he going to move with Sword or whatever. But something else is going to develop with him as well. What I, I was really inter- amazing here. Kat Dennings was in this episode for like about a second. And it was only to help take out Hayward in this entire episode. So, I, I you know, I mean, we've had her for throughout every single episode. I wasn't too mad that Kat Dennings wasn't really shown like that. But... I did appreciate the full development of the Darcy Lewis character in here the entire season. I thought they did it uh, uh, tremendous with her character, evolving her character in here as well. Um, We also get to see all of the other characters within Westview as well. Uh, Herb, uh, Phil Jones, um, Mr. Mrs. Hart in here as well. And there's a scene where, oh, and Norm too. Um, God, the, the look on Norm's face by uh, Ashif Ali. If you guys know that guy, he's been in a ton of different commercials that you see him in. But it was so cool to see him in this uh, series. But he gives Wanda the biggest stink eye I've ever seen. Like he was pissed. Like he really expressed how much he hated the way she he controlled her throughout the entire time. We also got to talk about the Darkhold. Because they did reveal that this is the dark hole, the book that uh, Agatha has. I'm a little bit confused because if you have been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know that in the season where they had Ghost Rider in there, the whole entire series was based on Ava using the the dark hole book, which looked very different from this, to control some of the things they were controlling agatha has the dark hole book and she was using it to control not only you know wanda but westview as well um there's a really interesting scene where she uses the dark hole to open the minds of everybody in the in the entire um town and they all come to wanda because everything everything that wanda's going through they feel they feel her pain they see their her nightmares they can't control it that's why you saw that episode when uh vision went far and he saw this this couple that was just relooping themselves over and over but a tear came down in her eye they are suffering through the same thing so but she unleashes their minds she opens their minds up and now everybody's coming over to wanda to see that they actually you know can understand they can now do it they want her to let her go the the woman that was named dotty which is not named dotty says that she hasn't seen her kid and god knows how long and you know her kid was in the other room and she was never able to reach her and all she wanted to do was just hold her and touch her and it, you know they they literally felt that it, it was like an empathetic you know power over them you know it, which is torturous in them to them it which it, it makes me think like in some cases when it when it was all said and done do they really resent her or do they really it was they didn't it was funny because when she when she when all was said and done it was out 
they didn't curse her out they didn't throw anything at her they just stood very still in resentment i don't know if it's because they're like okay if we try anything they're gonna we're gonna actually we're gonna die so but we could just give it a stink eye the whole entire time as she leaves the town <laughs> here as well um so i mean we got all of this in here but the biggest thing that we got from this episode Marvel fans got what we wanted. We've been wanting, and we got a little bit of it throughout this whole entire, you know, series too. Two things that we got here. We got Vision, we got OG Vision, Westview Vision, I should say, going up against um, White Vision. And they having this, they having this little bit of moment of clarity in this library. In the library that, that Vision was actually hanging around with the other guys in. And they're questioning, they, they're questioning each other. They're questioning OG white uh, um, OG vision is trying to question white vision as to why he's doing what he's doing be in because he was programmed to do it but we're they're above that you know so he's been programmed with with these commands but you know vision OG vision was just putting logic into him to the point that he even touched him to get all his memories back and all of a sudden white vision runs off we don't that's the last time we see white vision so it is to be believed that he's somewhere around the world and there's no telling when we're going to see this see that vision again which leaves agatha all by herself and it's just it's been crazy with this so that's one thing but the other thing that we get is a really cool scene where agatha and wanda are fighting and Wanda's all of a sudden get it giving she she's you know fighting her throwing the hex powers at her but also aiming at other different angles of the barrier that she created and Agatha's not realizing this Agatha thinks she's just like a stormtrooper or a cobra um a member of cobra just you know having messed up targets and not shooting in the right direction no Wanda was smart enough to plan because of something that Agatha said um, in the previous episode when she introduced herself is that she put incantations all over the barrier huge incantations all over the barrier you know after the, after she released all of the town people and to you know free them from the area she invite which also um let sword members enter the barrier as well she freed them finally and got them out of there but during this fight she planted all these incantations the same incantations that you will see in the previous episode on in in agatha's basement and it was believed that agatha was absorbing all of her power and in fact that was not the case because she tricked her into believing that that's going to happen and lo and behold wanda's looking all drained her body's like looks like she's withering away just like her you know agatha's mom and the other witches were no she tricked her her body went back into form and not only that she ended up draining her power and absorbing her power uh, agatha's power back and becoming the scarlet witch with full costume and all and at this moment i'm going crazy friday uh, morning watching this i am yelling like it's a pay-per-view and it's an excitement and headdress kudos to the uh, costume designer loved it it was awesome it was very subtle you know the uh the halloween episode where she wears that same outfit that it was like a cheesy you know mock-up version this version was awesome 
it was like the headdress was very subtle. The costume itself looked very much in place. She had the uh, the gauntlets and such like that. It was just so great, and it looked like a modern version of what we've seen in the comics. I absolutely loved it. So we got to see that she they lowered down. They took him out. Um, she ended up like beating Agatha. And what happens next is pretty awesome, too, because they don't, you know, there's always a question when you watch these TV series or you watch these movies, because dating back to 89, when Batman came out and, the and, and you know, Michael Keaton's Batman killed the Joker <laughs> or the Joker died in there. It started a trend of a bunch of movies where all of your favorite villains would always die because at the time we would always see back in the 80s we would always see that lex luthor and the legion of doom they never get their day they always run away they always come back tim burton was like screw that i'm killing off one of uh, the joker we're going to start this this is going to happen because i'm tired of seeing these people getting away with uh, murder and in fact he killed off the joker and that became a starting trend for every movie after that to have villains that die even to this day to some extent but marvel is starting to change that around marvel has started you know creating a balance of that some characters won't make it back but some will like for instance we got bear zemo who's coming back in uh falcon and the winter soldier um we have now agatha who did not die she did not destroy her she went up she ended up turning her back into agnes and living in new jersey so she is fully alive here and it looks like that this is not going to be the last time we see agatha i think that she's going to be saved for a rainy day and that rainy day may be dr strange too so agatha is definitely coming back to what form or whatever i don't know whether she'll have the same powers or whatever i don't know we will see but uh i like the fact that they didn't kill her off it wasn't it, because killing off villains has become so cliche now. Um, and it, I thought it was awesome. I absolutely thought it again. They all I, I, the Red Skull is the other one that they didn't kill off. Um, people thought that he died. I had I after watching Captain America so many times, I had to come to terms and realize it looked like he teleported. He didn't look like he died. He didn't do a Raiders of the Lost Ark type of thing. He looked like he just teleported. And we got that answer on Infinity War when he reappeared in that planet. So I I, I love this. I love it. I love that they didn't do it. They, um, they didn't do it all. Uh, the special effects is just... you. This was $200 million worth it. They did a tremendous job here. Um, the kids, Tommy and Billy, unfortunately aren't real. And as a result, the two and Vision, who also isn't real after all of this, they had a little sweet moment. And I looked at the time and it was like, oh, God, there's still 19 minutes left to this. Ah, this is crazy. Um, so, yeah, they took him away. But after everything, I should also add that Hayward is also um, in jail now. <laughs> um, after he tried to he came up with his other vision, he tried to kill the two kids by the way he he actually tried to uh kill the two kids and if it wasn't for monica who used her powers to uh phase right through the bullets and slowed the bullets down and then um i believe tommy or billy who uses uh wicked powers to actually stop a bullet 
which was a really cool moment. Again, comic book fans got a little bit of a treat with uh, seeing all that. We got to see them use their powers before the inevitable happens. And but when it was all said and done, it was you know they Wanda realized that she has to put everything back to the way it was, even if that means that the kids and Vision has to go. And they for the next like last few minutes of the uh, um of the show was just based around them having this really warm-hearted moment where she spends time with vision and the kids for one last time and she sends them off to bed as the barrier that she created is starting to disappear and it's changing everything back to what it was and it was a really really heartfelt moment i actually remember um being on social media on instagram and i saw uh, kevin uh smith watching it and he he's very emotional when he watched marvel movies um i remember i haven't seen him get this emotional since guardians of the galaxy 2 when yandu funeral which i challenge anybody to watch that scene to watch that movie and watch that scene and don't get emotional because every time i watch it i can't contain myself to to, to, to even stop getting at least shedding a tear in that moment because it was just so good and watching um his his uh, second in command which is uh james gunn's uh brother yell and scream and and in emotion because you know the ravagers do the funeral such a heartfelt moment this was kind of in that in that same sense and it was it was so great can i also you know jump back real quick to that scene where vision and vision are are just having this moment of clarity my only gripe with that scene is that i wish vision kept his eyes when he put back his memory when when uh westview og vision uh brought put back white vision's memory to let him see to unlock all of the memories that he had in his database that they uh that sword blocked away he also got his eyes back i actually like the blue pupil eyes that they made for him it, it looks inner it looks uh inorganic but it was so awesome. I loved it. I wish they would have kept that. I really wish they would have kept that. I thought it was a really cool feature that they had, but he got his humanistic eyes back to the synthesoid. So he looks, he has the vision, you know, the other vision eyes, but it was, it was cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this new vision and how he's going to survive or where he's going to turn up at. He's going to turn up somewhere major. Um, it'll be interesting. I also like the design layout. He looks his his design looks different from the original vision as well so and he's off i'm watching it right now as we speak and by the way i've watched this episode legit probably five times now <laughs> that's how much i enjoyed this episode this was such a great climatic conclusion to this i also love agatha's uh costume it looks just like the comic books I mean, like she's a younger, more vibrant version of Agatha from the comics because the, the, the Agatha from the uh, comics kind of looks like Aunt May with like a witch garb or something like that. But this one here, I, I love it. They, they kept the costume. They made it a little bit younger. But um, Catherine Hahn really did a great job on this show as the main villain. She nailed it. Between her, I, I would say the top people the the mvps of this i would on top is elizabeth olsen because i thought she did outstanding like i'm a i'm a huge fan 
of Elizabeth Olsen because listen, I swear to goodness, if she doesn't get nominated, at least nominated for an award, I'm gonna cry. Um, call foul. Um, Catherine Hahn will be number two for me. Paul Bittany, number three, and Tiana Paris is number four. I don't know who's number five because everybody else did really, really good, and everybody else were just basically side characters in this case, but um. I, I so enjoyed these performances and every everybody deserves credit for what they did in here so we got a chance to see you know this touching scene and now we see Wanda start from the very beginning she's back to where she was when she turned Westview to what it was for that time being and she walks away and that's when she goes through the town square and everybody's looking at her um like really really bad including norm like i said he gave her the stink eye and everything and it was just it i you know i felt bad for everybody there it was like you felt bad for wanda because she not only you know went through all that tragedy and pain but she now once again has lost the people that she loved and then i feel bad for the people in the town because they had to feel this pain they, they were trapped they were prisoned into her pain so it's a double edge in this case it is just i i felt bad in there um but we had this moment where monica and wanda are talking and you know monica tells her like i'm not mad at her because given the opportunity with the same power she probably would have done the same thing who knows um and she monica reminded her like they don't they won't understand what you've lost doing this and you know they said that they were gonna you know it looks like they're gonna see each other again some form or fashion but that's how it really ends she you know wanda flies away leaves westview and that's how we end it but we get two end credit scenes the first one shows jimmy woo actually you know commanding everything and leading the charge to arrest everybody including hayward and everybody that was involved in the mess and sword um i don't know if this is going to lead him into you know taking over sword or whatever like that but i know in the comics jimmy woo is a pretty prominent character in in the comic book industry and he's probably even more now because of his appearance in this series uh again randall park is tremendous like no matter what he does no matter where he what show he's in um or what movie he's in he's awesome like if you watch um young rock he's on there too he's hilarious in there no like he he's he's just such an awesome um actor so i i look forward for him to seeing him more soon and again it looks like he's possibly going to be this generation or phase version of phil colson so i'm off all for that but there's an agent who calls monica to come into the theater because somebody's you know um looking for her. this agent it's not a normal agent because she is, in fact, a scroll, and not just any scroll. I believe she is the the scroll that is um the. Let me check. Let me see the name. I don't want to get this name wrong here, uh, Captain Marvel. I don't want to get this name wrong, but um the scroll. It was the scrolls that they that was in Captain Marvel, and uh, do you know? Uh, Ronan yes Talus Talus's wife I believe that was Talus's wife who was also accompanying Talus in Spider-Man Far From Home which didn't we also seen uh, Nick Fury in space <laughs> with him as well so 
this is all leading in because she informs uh, Monica and says that like we heard you've been grounded. Well, we're going to need your help, and she she automatically you know an old friend is uh, asking for you, and based the fact that it's the scrolls and her mom was friends with the scrolls from the uh, events of Captain Marvel, Monica automatically knew who this friend was. She and she said where she pointed up. This is looking like it's not only going to lead into Captain Marvel 2, but also the new Nick Fury series that is coming to Disney Plus soon. So we're going to see Monica in so many different fashions as well. So the question is, will Monica still have her powers? Because you guys got to remember, yes, her DNA was restructured, but a lot of things that happened in Westview was under the command of uh, Wanda. So when Wanda let everything go, the kids left vision left everybody else went back to their own thing but where does this lie for monica is our dna still uh modified that's going to be a question will does she still have the same powers that is going to be a big question there they left that kind of open-ended there and i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there the second in credit which you can watch like at the very end has wanda hidden away in this very secluded area uh like she would probably have to fly to a different country to buy food and groceries but she's away from everybody as she's you know trying to find peace but she's also learning about the dark hold because here's the thing they established something really really interesting and very important in this uh episode and that is agatha telling wanda that her power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. That is huge. They're establishing that Monica is not only more powerful than Doctor Strange, but she is also possibly debatable that she might be just as powerful, if not more powerful than Captain Marvel. And if you guys remember in a previous episode, in fact, that episode where we flash back into Monica's um, life when she gets... Um, when she, you know, comes back from being blipped, Darcy and, and Jimmy has this debate as to whether who could have beaten Thanos. And it was those two. Now it's really going to come up for debate because now that they established that now, until we see Captain Marvel two, there's probably going to be this online debate about who is possibly the most powerful. I see this coming. They started something they probably shouldn't have started that. And either way, it, the good part is it has us talking. <coughs> Excuse me. It has us all talking here. And at the end of the day, this entire series was 200 million, over $200 million worth it. I thought this was spectacular. I thought this set the standards of comic book TV or television series. Uh, and I hate to call it television series because it's, and it was on a streaming network, but it is it is a series. But you wouldn't in, in, in this age where we have now the new Superman and Lois series, we got Flash, we got Arrow. Well, we don't have Arrow anymore. We got Black Lightning soon to be gone. But we have all these other shows, Legend of Tomorrow and all these other comic book shows that really did a great job. Greg Berlanti and Berlanti Productions do a phenomenal job and they did set the standards and step up the budget in terms of special effects and quality and stuff like that and we thought that that was just it oh no marvel studios said look let us show you how we do let us show you how it's done and they turned a eight 
episode series into a movie extravaganza nine episode i should say into a movie extravaganza this lived up to the hype this was awesome to set the standards for all other marvel movies but just comic book also but also comic book tv shows in general i am looking very forward to uh falcon and the winter soldier which is coming on the 19th so trust me people are excited about what we're about to see and the the scenes from that and seeing baron zemo with mask and u.s agent and a whole bunch of other people i am so excited they started they started this with a bang i enjoyed this so greatly it had heart it had action it was very slow paced but we knew it was going to get to this part and to those who cried moaned and whined about this show being slow or why are we doing this you impatient little (laughs) stop being impatient allow the story to progress let's just let things see things out i knew that this was going to end up turning like this but i was it was superseded in my opinion this entire series gets an a plus for me I can watch it over and over again. It was awesome. Left us some more to come. And we got Doctor Strange coming, which will have her on air and Spider-Man on air. And God knows what else. There's going to be so much going on in that in that series. So I, I can't wait. I so can't wait for this. Um, this was awesome. Thank you, Marvel Studios, for making 2021 an epic reason to have hope again and happiness within our favorite fandom. So, folks that will do it for this second this is not even a what's new in the world of acmg let's just <laughs> i i you know it, i had to just run into everything real quick i mean just this is a different type of show this time but we're going to take a break come back and in our talk topic we're going to talk about coming to america too and did it live up to the original did it do better we'll find out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live hey this is mega Rand, teacher rapper hero waffle lover and you're checking out acmg presents talk time live turn it up and share do it and now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, welcome back to this unconventional episode of Talk Time Live. This is our talk topic of the week, and I am happy to review Coming to America, the long awaited sequel, 30 years in the making. We waited 30 years for this damn movie to come out, and we finally got it in the form of this feature uh, starring virtually everybody from the original cast and some new ones as well. Um, I would say everybody except for um, Madge Sinclair, who was the who played the queen. 
and Aaron, she passed away, unfortunately, in 1985, December of uh, 20, uh, 1985, to be exact, at the age of 57. Uh, and it was unfortunate. But everybody else has returned uh, to this show, except for Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, he was just a one-bit part, but believe it or not, that was one of his first major motion picture appearances was on the original Coming to America as well. But this was basically... A love letter to the first. It does continue all from the events of the first one and what's happened in the first one. You see a lot of great appearances from people of old, but also new. This also celebrated a lot of comedians of today. And here, Leslie Jones is a, Leslie Jones. I will say is the possible MVP of this movie. She was hilarious in this thing. I it's so much enjoy. I, I think this is the best Leslie Jones feature that I've seen to date. They really capitalized on her. So the story here, you know, takes place years later after the events of the first one. It, you know, as you know now, uh, Prince Hakeem is no longer a prince. He's a king. He's taken over. Um, he, you know, he's now the African monarch of Zamunda. And he he's, the, he's now married to Lisa. And they have children now. The thing is, the children that they have are all female. And the roles of Zamunda, the time-honored roles of Zamunda, basically is that you have to have a son to take over the helm. He has three daughters, three very strong, powerful daughters. Um, one of which that they focus on mostly is Mika, who is no joke. She is absolutely a powerhouse of the bunch. She you know she people wanted her to rule the land but you know king jaffa jaffa uh by james earl jones who i will definitely talk about because he had the greatest death scene of all time in any movie so there's a lot to uh, unravel in here we got to see what happened with everybody else um Cleo McDowell now lives in Zamunda. He opens up a McDowell's restaurant in Zamunda now. They have this big presentation where the king and the queen, with Anthony Anderson making his return in the uh, movie as well. He works there in Zamunda. He lives in Zamunda now. And they're presenting this new burger, this this uh, veggie burger that absolutely sucks. <laughs> and I'm watching it right now. It's hilarious. They got Anthony Anderson in a daishiki in Zamunda and it's their normal smock and uniform in Zamunda it's hilarious um, I, I just love that they brought all these people back it, it, that they were able to bring all these people back that these people are still around because again 30 years anything can happen here so um, with that said we go back and we have Akeem having this situation because lo and behold then this is what I love I love that they did this we knew Wesley Snipes was going to be in this movie he's playing a character named general aziz we don't know to what end that he's playing and his role is a general from another camp that wants to merge with uh king akeem by the way everything comes back from the old like even the fight scenes um they got you know, uh prince akeem is now uh, you know training with this with this um with his daughters they are way better than him at the bow and staff <laughs> but it's a really cool scene that they have here with that as well um but general cease is the brother 
of the woman that uh, Prince Akeem was supposed to marry in the first one, who he made bark like a dog. And apparently, she's been barking like a dog for 30 years. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like she, the, the man had her bark like a dog for 30 years and they call it a curse. So she, he's never stopped her from doing it, <laughs> which is so bad. It is so, so bad. And to rid this, Wesley wants his son to marry one, uh, his daughter, Mika. Mika's not trying to hear that. And, and, and they, they, they want a change in the, they want a change in the, in, in the realm, the long time honored tradition here. So Lisa has issues with this because Lisa said that the reason why Akeem even, you know, and then got married because he wanted to change the way things were. So he's kind of become a, he, he kind of became, became a hypocrite here. Wesley Snipes as General Aziz, I, I would say he's like the second MVP here. Uh, Leslie Jones was the to me the first, but oh my God, Wesley Snipes is there's a reason why Wesley Snipes is that dude, why we love him so much, why he is Blade, why he is, you know, he is um, Nino Brown. He general his role as General Aziz is hilarious. By the way, Michael Blackston is in here too, and he's not in here as thoroughly as everybody, but he makes his appearance. A lot of people make some great appearances. Trevor Noah's in this movie as well. I, I, I watch The Daily Show all the time. They never once mentioned that he was going to be in this movie. So when just when I saw him, I absolutely went crazy because I love Trevor Noah. I went to see him perform live, uh, do uh, do a uh, stand up live here at the Tower Theater in Philadelphia. It's a big theater. And I got to see him perform live. He is a he is such an articulate, well thought out, well you know, open minded, well rounded dude, who just happened to be funny as hell, and can speak many many languages. <laughs> that, and he's the perfect host for the Daily Show. He's just awesome. He brings perspective on both sides of the table. Love him. Deservingly, he needs to be in this movie because you know he's from South Africa. So. I just love that they have this and I love the connections that they have for their original movie here. Um, every, like I said, everybody comes back. So the plot is that General Cease wants his son to marry his daughter. They're not trying to hear that. But upon also upon this news and this plan, somehow, some way they find out because of their priest that is played this new character that um, Baba that is played by Arsenio Hall, if you guys remember, Coming to America is most famous because Eddie and Arsenio played multiple characters of himself, which all reprises their role. I don't know how all of the old, like Barber, like the Barbers from the, like 30 years ago are still alive, but they absolutely look older. The makeup jobs that they have in here look so much better. It's it's just so funny. And it the, the, what makes this show, what makes this movie so funny is the, is the absurdity of it because there's some things that just makes no sense that it shouldn't be but it's part of the comedy it is it, they just did a really good job and the fact that john landis and craig brewer are reprising their role as directors well john landis is reprised his role as director here but craig brewer is also added on to this one as well um 
John Landis was the reason why Coming to America, the first one was so awesome. And this one was just as awesome. But they, it's so, it's so tremendous. Arsenio Hall plays this new character, Baba. He's like this really old, decrepit, like kind of witch doctors type of dude, like the, the elderest of elders. And he somehow tells uh, King Hakeem that he has a son and Hakeem reminds him like, dude, I slept with nobody but Lisa until Simi reminds him that no, that's not the case because that, that, that very memorable scene where they go out into the club and they start meeting to see if they have an heir. What Simi doesn't tell him, and by the way, they used a lot of great CGI to recapture that moment. So they had both Eddie and Simi looking youthful the same way that they do in Marvel Studios movies. They have them looking very youthful, uh, youthful, uh, for, I should say. And they, they look awesome, but they're reprising this scene. And it turns out that Simi meets up with Lisa Jones's character, Mary Johnson. And who was just like, she was trapping. She was trapping. And they, you know, she, he told her that she was a prince. They end up taking her and her girlfriend home. They end up sleeping with these women. Lisa, uh, Mary gets Akeem high and they end up sleeping together. She doesn't, well, I won't even go into details, but let's just say that things progressed to the point that she ended up having a child with him. And that child is named Lavelle, played by Jeremy Fowler, who a lot of people say he's up and coming. He had a TV show a while back um, and it, it just, it, it didn't turn out right, but he's actually pretty funny. I've seen him in a lot of other things. He's pretty funny. Meanwhile, I also got to need to add that King Jeffy Jafar is in his dying bed. And this is when they remind him that he has a child because Simi didn't tell him. And when Simi, when Simi explains it to him, Akeem wants to kill him because Lisa doesn't know about it. He didn't know about it. And they're going to be pissed. But also, who else is going to be pissed? The daughters. Because everybody wanted um, Mika to be the one to take over the helm. But because of the rolling, that wasn't happening. So... The, their situation is now that they have to go back to New York and Queens to find this dude who is a struggling, you know, just a struggling dude from, the, you know, from the hood, trying to get by, trying to get a job. And what, which, by the way, one of the, oh, by the way, I got to say this before I forget. They brought the twins back from the club. I was done. I was so done when they brought the twins back 30 years later. And Eddie, uh, Akeem and Simi made that same look on their face <laughs> when they met those two when they were rapping. I was done. Um, so, yeah, just to retract from that. But they end up, you know, seeing Lavelle, who goes into this job interview with one of the actual kids, the heir to... Um, uh, what is the guys? I forgot. The, the two guys... If you guys remember, Coming to America is also kind of connected. It's also connected to the uh, same world that Trading Places was in, which was another movie that Eddie Murphy was in. And the, the you know, if you guys remember that classic movie, there was the Thor, um, there was Duke and Duke that was in there. And now they have this grandson who's played by... Um, one of the characters from SNL who played in the Tom and Jerry movie, by the way, and I always forget his name. 
I always seriously forget his name. But um, it was the guy who, uh, one of the guys who plays um, the new segment at SNL. And I and only only messing up the dude's name is because I always, for, I, I barely watch SNL. But I always, when I do, is always watching those two guys. Um, but he's playing one of the, actually, he's playing the, the grandson of the Duke and Duke duo who now got their money back thanks to Prince Akeem, uh, since Akeem gave him money to reestablish himself. So he ends up not getting a job there, but they find him uh, scalping tickets at an event. And it's funny because they didn't want to just, uh, Simi automatically thought that he was going to, if, if Prince Akeem approaches him the way he is with his royal garb and everything, that people were going to flock over him because they know who he is. And even though, the, the, the joke is nobody really knows who King Akeem is because nobody follows what goes on as Amanda. So what does he do? He puts back on the same exact disguise that he did when he first when he did the first movie. The old school New York Jets outfit, the hat, the buttons and everything. So I don't know where he found that or where he found everything that, but he managed to get all that back and approaches him. Uh, there and he reveals that he's his son and they take him back to the home take him to the limo and this is where we see tracy morgan who plays uncle reem in here as well so and i here's the thing i i think i overshot myself here i need to mention before he left and i mentioned prince jo- uh, king joffy jaffar who is in his dying bed this is how bad of a man James Earl Jones is but also the character King Jaffe Jaffer he decides when he's going to die <laughs> and he does this by having his own he sets up his own funeral which is like a star-studded event which includes appearances from In Vogue Salt and Pepper singing the all-time classic What a Man, but changes it around to What a King. And on top of that, it's narrated by, of all people, but none other than Morgan Freeman. And then at that moment, when he has all these dancers, and he has all these other people in here, he decides at that moment, that's when he wants to die. He made his own. It's it's you know what's funny about that? It plays on the joke that of Akeem having his own money on the first on the first movie. It's like it's one of those things. He you know you made you know when Clo, when Cleo made light of the fact that he was like this man has his own money, and I mean he has his own money. This goes along the lines that King Joffrey Joffer picked his time to die right after Morgan Freeman narrated his life. Right after In Vogue and Salt and Pepper had this performance. And he's watching it the whole time. Like, he's, first of all, he's in a coffin. Like, King Joffrey Joffrey is in the coffin. <laughs> the entire time. Watching the performances, watching Morgan Freeman have it. I am hysterical at this point. Because it's just the absurdity of this whole entire thing. Like... Only Eddie Murphy can come up with something just outlandish. And they jam it to it. And like, this dude is in his supposed to be deathbed. And he dies right there. I can't tell you. This is the best death scene of all time. 
This is the most outlandish, absurd type of thing that I've ever. And it was also great to see in Vogue because, like, seriously, people, before Destiny Child, before Beyonce, in Vogue was running the scene when it comes to R&B female groups. And I still say to this day, I still say to this day, if you compare Destiny Child to the to the lyrical power of in Vogue, in Vogue is going to win. I look, people are going to be mad when I say this, but like <laughs> Destiny Child just had a had a good manager on her side in Beyonce's father. I mean, she could sing her butt off, but the dude is smart enough to know good marketing. He knows how to promote. And he knows how to get it together, get them together. He knew how to market his child. And his child had a destiny that he presented to her. But in Vogue is the modern day Supremes. And I still say like, there's no R&B group that tops them to this day. But I digress. Oh, can I forget? forget? They also had Gladys Knight. (laughs) Gladys Knight was also a part of this as well, man. So I mean, it was just... This was just absolutely insane. And then she she did Midnight Train to Georgia, but also changed the words around to accommodate King Jeffy Jelfer. And all of the, the fashion design, the costume designs were beautiful and elaborate as they ever were from the first one, but even more now. And after Gladys Knight, he decides to go. I was like, if any, any scene, if any scene in this movie stood out it was this one i was so done how bad of how much of a badass are you if you can set up your own death you are now happy to leave life after you had in vogue salt and pepper and gladys knight sing at your funeral what this is the best I really need everybody to have that same type of experience <laughs> when their time comes. I'm serious. It was hilarious. So, I mean, but overall, this, I mean, what can I say about this? There was a great message here. There was a message of change. There was a message of empowerment in this movie that was told here. Um, it was just so, it was It was really well done. It, it There wasn't necessarily a nuance to this movie. It was just a celebration of the old, but also, you know, bringing on some new elements to it as well. Because there were a lot of things that they, you know, made, paid homage to in the, in the first one here. But if you're a fan of the original, you won't, you will be, I think, if you haven't seen this movie yet, I think you would be definitely satisfied of what they did, how much they put into this. And... It's just, it's just really well done. It, they didn't, they spared no expense. They put a lot of, you know, effort into this. A lot of special effects in here. Um, Eddie Murphy was fantastic. Arsenio Hall was fantastic. All of the new cast was was fantastic. Um, Tracy Morgan was just Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Oka Reem character was really great. I love what uh, the uh, what Jermaine Fowler did with uh, Lavelle. I, I, I was skeptical about him being the chosen one because everybody was like who's going to be the right chosen person because people wanted michael b jordan to be the guy or stuff like that and you know they wanted a comedian i think he stepped up with this movie i've seen him before in other aspects and other movies and everything 
I think he was able to spotlight himself really well with this movie. I thought he did a really great job, and he had a lot of legendary talent to work with, like like Tracy Morgan, Eddie, uh, Simi, um, you know, Tracy, I mean, uh, um, Leslie Jones. Uh, but absolutely, like, Leslie Jones stepped it up. Uh, Kiki Lane, who played Mika, was really well done. To, uh, she was awesome, too. Um, I also got to point out that during the scene, Lavelle ends up doing the same thing that Hakeem does too. He doesn't want to fall for the chosen person that he has, which by the way, just happens to be Tiana Taylor of all people. My God. And I look, look, he fell in love with his hairdresser and his hair and his hairdresser was stunning. Was absolutely stunning here. Oh, by the way, Colin Jost was the guy who played um, Mr. Duke who just happened to be related to the Dukes from Trading Places. Um, so thank, thank you, Amazon Prime, for the X-ray feature. <laughs> but... I, look, if you guys... I mean, the, the, the woman that he chose, which was... Um, I believe it was Oma that played that he I believe was her name, but she um, she was the hairdresser that you know he wanted to that he ended up falling in love with. Damn, it's hard to like Tiana Taylor, man. They had a really interesting scene too because when when uh, General Aziz or Easy presented his daughter to uh, Lavelle, it was this really awesome scene where they had this musical number. But it was them singing Prince's classic Get Up. And if you're a Prince fan, one of his best songs and his baddest songs is Get Off. And I look, my wife doesn't know that song too well. She's she knows Prince. She knows she loves she likes Prince, but she's not invested as Prince like I was because I grew up with him. But I know that song word from word, and they did a great job doing that and I was in there singing with Lavelle and that one spot when he's when Prince does the rap lick this had a lot this this accommodated this accommodated old school cats this accommodated new school cats Tiana Taylor was just oh my god Tiana Taylor is just stunning she is I mean this woman is a phenomenal performer she is in phenomenal shape incredible but she's now playing the role of the of uh, General C's <laughs> um, sister, who was barking like a dog. So they kind of replayed. They kind of went back to that joke again. Whereas, like, she has Lavelle ends up having her stand still because it's like she he asked her, "What is he into? I want to know more about you." Which you knew when he when he did that. For those who watched and remember the old the first movie. You know where this is going. And Tiana Taylor is now the the uh, character who's going to say whatever he wants to say or do whatever he wants to do. And he tells her to stand right there. And she that's now her role. She's not going to move the entire time now. So now he put her in a curse as well. So there's a lot of really funny things in there. I mean, they did a great job again. The makeup jobs is tremendous in here. Like, again, why are the old barbers still alive? 30 years later but that's just ridiculous the the thing that i love is just that they at least aged them even more at best um it's just crazy the one last thing i want to mention is the end where 
Lavelle ends up marrying uh, his his wife, which is the uh, hairdresser, and they're going to make some changes in their life to make to, to, uh, so she can achieve what she wants to achieve. But they, <laughs> Uncle Reem, Tracy Morgan, Uncle Reem, he sets up a performance because Akeem brought everybody from Queens that he knows and grew and, and loves back to Zamunda to have to do this wedding including the performance of randy watson aka sexual chocolate it was hilarious because she thought that he was bringing in somebody huge like mary j blige or uh, or uh, some other people or whatever and he winds up bringing in Randy Watson. Everybody just went quiet. And then Randy Watson singing a whole new song, and it's just a whole thing. And then also, that's when the twins from back in the first movie, now all grown up and, and just older now, and they just rapping the same damn song, into which the camera goes back to Akeem and Simi, and that, that iconic look on their face is back. And... They did a lot to recapture the magic that was the old movie, but also brought a, a new essence to it. Not a nuance, but just a new essence to it as well. I love this movie. Like I said, if you want to compare this to the second one, I mean to the first one, the first one will always win because it is the first one. It is the one that everybody loves. They did a great job with it, but I think this complements the first one indeed by following up with everything really well, uh, keeping things tight and re and just, you know, reminding you of why you love the first one in the first place. So I love the, the character development. I love the story being told. I love the characters themselves. I think all of the new breed of characters were really well done. And uh, I think this is worth putting these two as just a great combination of comedies absolutely so i mean just just beautifully done credit to eddie murphy credit to john landis uh, again sh uh, credit to craig uh, brewer who uh also was a part of this as well i mean like they 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 captured it they really kind of captured that magic from the old but not too much you know so it was really good the writers too like eddie wrote this as well had a bunch of other writers with it they just did a great job i you know thank you amazon prime for picking this up because if not for COVID, i guarantee we would have all been in theaters cracking up at this and having fun and just a lot of great moments with this whole thing so if you haven't checked it out go out of your way to check out coming to america on uh amazon prime everybody should have an amazon prime subscription by now so it's one of the added bonuses to have an amazon prime remember when you just got it just for the shipping <laughs> remember with that and now we just found out like now they're upping their game with all this new content we got borash and now we got this and tom clancy with michael b jordan coming soon and a whole bunch of other stuff coming for this um streaming network so you know kudos to them this was awesome i really appreciate it really brightened my weekend along with wandavision as well so go out of your way check it out but only do so if you haven't watched the first and if you haven't watched the first go out of your way to see the first movie you will you cannot watch this without watching the first movie i will say that so in terms of grading i'm gonna give this a a minus it was great but not greater than the other one yeah i i've seen nothing wrong i enjoyed this all the way through I had a lot of fun with it um but you know it'll never be the first but it was really great i really enjoyed it go out of your way to check it out folks that will do it for this edition 
of Talk Time Live. Thank you all so very, very much for being a part of the show and every show that we ever do. Again, go out of your way to check out my interview with Mike Herman of RetroSoft uh, Studios. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're a gamer, if you're an aspiring game developer, and if you think that you do not have what it takes to do it, that you think that it's too late, that you think that it, it that you just don't have the means or way to do it, listen to that interview. Listen to what he has to say. Listen to what he has uh, accomplished and be inspired. Don't be spiteful. Be inspired. Go out of your way to check it out. And also, if you're a wrestling fan and a gamer and even a retro gamer, you know, of the old wrestling games, go out of your way to check out Retro um, Mania Wrestling. It's out on Steam right now and go out and pretty soon it should be out on all consoles. So trust me when I tell you, if you heard my inter- my review, you're going to love it. So speaking of games, next week we are going to review, bear with me for a sec, Curse of the Gods, uh, Curse of the Dead Gods, actually, um, which is which came out uh just a couple weeks ago like february 23rd it released i haven't got a chance to check it out but i was hesitant to really check this out because it was another you know dungeon explorer rogue like exploring game much like hades and i was like like this literally looks like hades i don't know if this is just going to be a copycat i mean i won't go into detail what i thought of it until you know the next episode but it has it's similarities and differences there is some contrast and the comparisons that i want to do but overall is it fun for me we'll talk about that this week so we got that and maybe some other news that are coming in the world of gaming as well next week i was thinking about going to, uh, to check out the latest uh disney uh movie that is out but i'm gonna hold that off because there was something more interesting in my life that i wanted to check out and that was netflix i went into the world of netflix and i'm checking out their latest new anime original based on Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim Black is out right now. And uh, I checked out the first episode. Worthy of me to review it, the entire series. So I'm going to review that next week and let you guys know what I think about that and whether you should check it out for yourself. So uh, stick with me for that and then much, much more. So we got a lot of things, more things coming, more guests, more you know uh reviews more news going on in the world of our favorite fandoms so stay tuned for that check out all this and more at talktimelive.com you can see this episode and all of our episodes there or especially our interviews with some of the best in all things anime comics movies and games are on our exclusive page on talktime live you can also subscribe and download on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Poppy, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and so much more. We're everywhere and anywhere you need us to talk about all things of your favorite fandom. So, folks, that will do it for me. I hope you guys have a great week. Um, I don't know if you're in Philly. This is going to be a great week. We're going to have 60 and 70 degree weather. So get outside as much as possible uh, and enjoy it. Just enjoy the sun. There's a new air among us that is feeling more positive now go enjoy it take a breather out there even with a mask on take a breather and just enjoy it because i see things some other good things coming soon so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier decided saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there stay safe everybody
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.